0: Can we just give God a shout out this morning? He's in this place. I want to welcome all of you this morning. My name is Pastor Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor here at this great church of Thrive Church. And I want to welcome all those who are watching on our online, all those our friends in the 715 area code. We're glad that you're you're with us this morning and hope that God is blessing you and speaking into your life this morning. I'm excited about the sermon series that we are in. Uh, But before I get into that, I just wanted to remind you, we are having an upcoming event in May where we are partying with the uh, part. Partnering, thank you, thank you. We're gonna partner with the, our, our community, uh, and we're having a community event called the Moving Experience, and it's gonna be for artists and uh, for musical artists. And it's just gonna, we're really, I got more I wanna share with you about that, but not today. But however, we're gonna ask if you would be willing to. Uh, to donate towards this ministry event, I would encourage you to do that. And you can do that by, uh, with the offering envelope. We take the offering at the end, but just write on there the moving experience. And if you want to contribute towards that, uh, we would welcome that with you. Also, uh, doesn't the carpet look nice? We have, you, through your faithfulness, We have been able to carpet the entire lobby area and our classrooms on the side. Give yourselves a hand. Give God a hand for that. We're excited about that. And people have come. You would not believe how many people have come up to me and said, Pastor, when are we going to do the auditorium? And I said, that is a great idea. And somebody suggested to me today, they said, just think, Pastor, if, if everybody in the church would tithe off of their stimulus check, I don't know if any of you received a stimulus check. I don't know if you've heard about it, but you might want to look into it. Uh, if we would tithe off our stimulus check, you know we would probably be about halfway there. And so I would encourage you, if that is something that you're interested in participating with, just mark that on your giving envelope as well. And then next Sunday, next Sunday, next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and we are going to celebrate Easter Sunday, uh, in our, especially in our second service, through uh, the experience of baptism. And I'm just really excited. We have many people who want to be baptized. It's not too late. If you would like to be baptized, please contact somebody here at the church. So just even contact, talk to somebody. We have a guest center in the back and just go up to them and they'll take down your name and number and we can get a hold of you. But this is what baptism is. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward decision. Let me say that one more time. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward decision. It is the you your, what you're communicating to the whole world is I made a decision. Anybody get anybody married here? Anybody yeah, you had a marriage ceremony? And what you did is you had a marriage ceremony and you stood before the, the all your family and friends and the pastor and before God and you said, We are making a outward this is an outward expression. We're communicating to you our commitment to one another. And that's really what baptism is. It is the first step in your discipleship. It's just you have communicated, I have turned away from my old life, and I've turned to Jesus. And I know what Jesus did for me. He took me in my sin, and he cleansed me. And I come up, and I'm a new person. We're going to talk a lot about that today. But if you're interested in that, I just encourage you to to talk to somebody in our guest center, and we would love to do that. And what better day to have baptism than on Easter Sunday? So, I just want to encourage you uh, invite, invite, invite. All right. So, we are in a sermon series, and I want to get right into it. You should have received some notes today. Uh, you get so much more out of the message, especially the way I speak. I think you just get more out of it if you just follow along in those notes. So if you needed some notes, if you raise your hand, I think our ushers would take note of that, and they could get you some sermon notes. We have one person up here. Maybe just grab a few people, keep those hands raised, but you get so much more out of it. Let's get into the Word today. So in this sermon series called The Good News, and we know this, that in Mark 16, 15 jesus was talking to thrive church he was talking to all the christ followers in the 715 area code and he's saying listen i want you to go into all the world i want you to go into all of the 715 area code and i want you to preach in other words i want you to communicate i want you to tell people the good news about jesus christ i want you to tell everyone you know and how many of you have heard that? How many of you, that is not news to you? You, you know that. You've, you've heard that. Well, that's great. Okay. So we're, we're, we're one step ahead. The big question is, what is the good news? I mean, when, when I get out there and I'm telling people, what am I supposed to tell them? And I, I talk with a lot of Christ followers, and I, even myself was wondering, well, what exactly am I supposed to tell them? And so that's what this sermon series is all about. What is good? The good news. What is the gospel of Jesus? And there's one scripture verse that really sums it all up. And we know the scripture verse. We learned it growing up in Sunday school. I mean, you've heard it before, and it's John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, Jesus, That whoever believes in him, they would not perish, but they would have eternal life. So here's the good news. Let me me just break it up for you. This is what we've been talking about the past few weeks. The good news is God loves you. God loves the entire world. God, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what has happened in your life, God loves you with an everlasting love. And God is God, and you are not. And that's that's the best place to start god is god and you are not and he's the creator of the world and he wants to have a relationship with you so so the first part of the good news is god's love for you the second part is man's sin and we talked about that last week that each and every one of us we have a sin problem and and, and this sin problem it is serious god takes the issue of sin seriously, and you are responsible for your sin, and you will be held accountable for your sin. Now, that's the rough part of the good news. Today, we're going to talk about, like, hey, wait a second, this is the really good part about the good news, Jesus's sacrifice. And then next week, we're going to talk about your decision, your decision. And can I, I, can I just in, encourage you, uh, we have a stack of these cards Do you know that more people would be open to attend church around Christmas or Easter time? They are most open to accept an invitation to come to church. And so we've prepared these cards for you, and they will be available to you as you leave the the exit here at, at, at each of our exits today. You can grab a stack of these and invite, invite, invite. But here's it's so your decision. We make a decision. So what, when we know, when we learn about this good news, then each and every one of us is, is, is at that point, like, well, what, what do I do? What is my decision? And we're going to talk about what that looks like next week. So let's get in today's message. We're talking about Jesus' sacrifice. And in 1 Corinthians 1.18, the Apostle Paul tells us this. He said, The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. Well, that's, When we talk about Jesus' sacrifice, you have to talk, you talk about the cross. It, it, there was a PBS television special, and, and in this special, the narrator said this. He says, Christianity is the only major religion to have its central focus, the suffering and de- degradation of its God, the cross, the cross. So we have a cross here and we have a, a cross here. It is the symbol of of our faith. And we know so much happened on that cross. That's what we're going to talk about today. But for many, the message of the cross is, is a fairy tale. And I get it. You know, it's, it's a step of faith, and it's a step of faith that, that a lot of people, they, they really don't want to, to deal with. And so therefore, they've said, no, the, the message of a cross is a fairy tale. Or some people, they look at the cross and what happened on the cross, and they don't see it as a symbol of strength. They see it as a symbol of weakness. Some people, they, they just don't see the, the rationale in it. It just makes no sense. And that, that really, for some people, maybe many people that you've talked to in your workplace or neighborhood, that really is the message that they receive from that cross. And that's fair. That's okay. It's okay for you to have that opinion. But Paul then continues on in this Scripture verse, and he says, But we... Those who are being saved, those who believe in the message of the cross, those who are being saved, know it is the very power of God. The message of the cross is the power of God. And it's the message that transforms and changes people's lives for those who believe. For those who believe, the message of the cross is the hope of salvation. The hope of salvation. It is the belief that mankind can be saved from our sin. Remember we talked about the the power of sin last week? If you want to get caught up, listen to the past two podcasts on this message series. If you really want to understand what the gospel is, we need to understand how serious our sin is. And Jesus purposely uses this word saved. It's not one of these words that these evangelical Christians have come up with you know, you must be saved, you know, it it, it didn't didn't originate with with the church, it originated with Jesus. Jesus uses the the word saved as an illustration of our spiritual and our eternal condition. Now, this is what the word saved means. The word saved, to be willingly rescued from imminent danger and destruction. And I use this illustration. Just to imagine that you, if you've ever flown over the Atlantic or Pacific Ocean, and you look out and you just see, that's all you see on the airplane. You just see water. And you just think, oh, how horrible it would be to be out there in the middle of the ocean and you're swimming and you're just trying to stay afloat and you're all alone. And, and how how terrible and how hopeless of a situation that would be. And you know what is coming. You know that you cannot last that much longer. And then the thing that you would be looking for the most as you're up and down on those waves is somebody to come rescue. And then along comes a boat. And that boat, there's a, there's a rescuer there in that boat. And he puts his hand out and he wants to rescue you. But to be saved, you must willingly put your, extend your hand back up to the rescuer if you are going to be saved, right? And that's what it means to believe. To believe to be saved means, I believe you can rescue me. I put my hand up. Please rescue me. Please rescue me. This is the message of the cross. The message of the cross. So I want to talk about today the message of the cross. I want to break it down for us a little bit more for us today. So here's the first message of the cross. The first point is this, and I can't say this enough. You need to understand this, that God loves you. And I know some of you are you maybe sitting here, or you're, you're watching online like, oh, pastor, you just have no idea where I've been. You have no idea what I've done. There's just no way that God could love you. I understand. I understand sometimes we have run so far from him we've rejected him so much and it just would just it's hard to believe and we categorize our we, we use our standard of love and we say that's the way that God God loves us no that's not true you see God has an unfailing he has a faithful love for you and I want you to understand when we look at the message of the cross this is like God's love is like the tree roots Okay, have, you, have you ever seen a massive tree, and if you've ever dug up around it, you know it has massive tree roots, and it is the foundation. And I want you to know God's love is the tree roots. It's the root system for everything else that comes from the message of the cross. It all starts there. The health of the tree comes from the tree roots. And understand, the tree root, the foundation is God's love For you, God loves you with an everlasting love. I cannot say it enough to you this morning. God loves you. That's the message He wants you to hear loud and clear. And it's not based on what you've done. You could never be good enough to obtain God's love. He gives it to you freely. Not only does He communicate this to us throughout His Word, but we just did this sermon series called Love the Verb. Because that's what love is. Love is an action. You, you can tell people all day long, I love you, I, I love you, man. But, it, but it, it doesn't really, you really don't know that person's love until you've experienced through action. And that's what Jesus knew, and that's what Jesus did. He tells us in John 15 13, he says, You know what? There's no greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. See, God did more than speak love. He demonstrated it in action. And why did God do such an extreme thing? Why did he, well, God did this because He loves you. And number two, you need to understand, the message of the cross is you deserve the death penalty for your sin. Each and every person in this room, every person who is watching us online today, every single person who's driving by this church, every person in the world, and like, this is hard. You're like, where's the good news? I'm, t- I'm going to get there, okay? But you, you need to understand these things, God's love and our sin, that our sin, we deserve the death penalty. As we talked about in the past few weeks, we talked about who God is and that God is a holy and a just God. And He does not, listen to me, He does not look at your sin and just say, and just wink, 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 oh, don't worry about it, it's all good. Pretend like I didn't see that. God is not like that. Sin, in God's eyes, is a very serious issue. And our sin must be dealt with. It will be dealt with. But twice, listen to me, twice Paul points out the seriousness of our sin. Okay, If you think I'm making this up, Paul points out in Romans 1, 32 he says, God's justice requires that those who do these things, those who live in their sin, they deserve to die. I know, this is so hard. Like, we, it's hard to hear this. Just a week or so ago, we, we all witnessed what happened with it. A gentleman who enraged went into a grocery store and, and shot 10 innocent victims, killed 10 innocent people. Right now, I, I watched the news clip on him and it said that this gentleman is right now, he is facing 10 life sentences for his crime. 10 li- a life sentence for each person that was murdered. In God's eyes, Each time you violate one of God's laws, you deserve the death penalty. Let me continue on here. Paul tells us this. Romans 6.23, Paul tells us this, that the wages of our sin is death. But, here we go. Here's the turn. here's here's the, 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 the shift here, the paradigm shift, but. Everybody say but. You know, but is one of the most powerful words in the English language because it has the the ability to turn a horrible, horrible situation into something so glorious, something so victorious. But, he says, the the wages of your sin is death. But, if you have a Bible in front of you, underline that word, because it's really, really important, one of the most powerful words in in our language. But, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It has the ability to turn a tragedy into a hopeful situation, the power of but. Have you ever heard somebody say this? Oh, man, my car broke down, and I thought it was the transmission. Mm -hmm. But I I had it brought in, and it's totally fixable. It's just a small part that needs to be fixed. I had a friend, and they they found out that they had cancer. And they went in, and they had an MRI, and they thought they had cancer, but the situation is totally treatable, and it's going to be all right. I, I, I get that phone call. Your child was involved in a car accident, but nobody was hurt. Everybody's going to be all right. The power of but. You see, again, we deserve the death penalty, but the good news, the good news is God provided a better way that can save us through His Son, Jesus Christ. You, you, we need to see this paradigm shift happening right now. This is where the good news kicks in. The message of the cross is number three. God sent his son Jesus on a rescue mission to save the world. Oh, I hope that you're beginning to feel this right now. Because just a few moments ago, we, we were heading towards the death chamber. And now all of a sudden, there is a paradigm shift, and now there's something happening here. 1945, on, the, on one of the Philippine islands, the Japanese were understanding they had, they had five over 500 prisoners in their concentration camp. And they understood that the Allied forces were advancing forward. And the Allies knew that, that what would happen if they didn't do something about it, they did not rescue these 500 POWs, that they would be slaughtered before, they, before that they would be surrendered uh, to the Allied troops. And so they, diso- they discovered or they decided that there was going to be a rescue mission. And so the commander of this rescue mission, he he gathered up a bunch of Army Rangers, and he said, "Listen, it's one of the most dangerous missions that you'll ever encounter. You do not have to go, but understand, if you go, you could lose your life in the event and in the attempt of trying to save somebody else's life." So they had 133 volunteers, and they crawled through the jungle, and they crawled through the jungle, and they had it planned out just right as a total shock and awe, total surprise. And they surprised the, 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 the Japanese uh, the, the, the guards. And, uh, and, and very few of the Rangers were lost in that mission, and over 500 POWs were saved that day. 500 POWs that were heading towards their death, and there was nothing that they could do to save themselves. And all of a sudden, a rescue mission was sent out. They didn't know it was happening. They didn't know it was coming. But because of that rescue mission, because somebody looked at those 500 lives and said, they're worth it. They're worth this investment. They are worth the cost of whatever it would take to rescue them. And so we're going to send out a rescue mission, and we're going to attempt to save these lives. And that's what God did. God looked out and He saw the world in their their desperate situation because He saw the world held captive by the bondage of sin and knew that the consequences of sin is death. And that all of us would perish because unless there was a rescue mission, all of us would receive that reward. All of us would receive that death sentence. Yet God decided out of His love for you, that you are worth the cost. I, I just hope that you're hearing that this morning. God's love for you, that He would give His only Son for you, and that He would send His Son on a mission to rescue us from our sin. John 3, 3 17, Jesus said, God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. The message of the cross is Jesus fully embraced His mission. We know that today is Palm Sunday. This is, we know that Jesus came to earth fully God, and that He came to earth fully human. And after three years of ministry, it was time for Him to fulfill His mission. But yet, instead of coming into Jerusalem riding on some warrior stallion, He comes in on a a humble colt, and the people are looking at him, and they're cheering him as he comes into the crowd and into the city of Jerusalem, and they're thinking, ah, here comes our revolutionary leader, and he's going to save us from this Roman oppression, and Jesus is like, ah, your issue is more than Roman oppression. I've come for more than that. I've come to save the world from its sin. Jesus fully embraced his mission. And it's so interesting, these same people who looked in and waved those palm branches and waved Jesus as he came in, these same people were the same people one week later who were calling for his execution. And you know why that's so? It's because he, wasn't, he was not going to fold and become who they wanted him to be. He was here on a mission and so many times we get into trouble, there's many times where I'm sure we've walked away from our faith because of man's opinion and what we think man says the way we should go. And, and we lose track of what God says that we should do. But Jesus embraced his mission. Jesus tells us this in John 10, 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Did you hear this? This is, this is before, this is before the entry into Jerusalem. Did you hear this? Jesus just proclaimed about himself, I am the good shepherd, and I have come to lay down my life for you. Jesus is on mission. Jesus fully knew this. He said this in Mark ten forty five: For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life away as a ransom for many. And here's my point. Jesus knew His purpose in life. Jesus knew that He was on a mission. He understood it, and He embraced this mission, the rescue for all of mankind, and He willingly sacrificed Himself for you and for all mankind. Are you grasping this? We have to understand this point, what Jesus did for us. The message of the cross is this. Jesus took your place to pay your ransom. What is a ransom? A ransom is a sum of money or other payment demanded are paid for the release of a prisoner. And the price for your ransom is death. That's what it costs. That's what it costs. Somebody has to, to pay that price. First Timothy says this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This is, this is that but moment. Can we go back to the but? <laughs> you deserve the death penalty. But Jesus stepped in And he said, I will take your place. If you will allow me, I will take your place. Jesus willingly, willingly took your place and he offered himself the Son of God. Listen to me, he's the Son of God. And he came to serve you through this sacrifice as the ransom for all mankind. And you need to understand that price was gruesome. We need to understand the power of the cross, what happened on this cross. We know the story that Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and He was praying. He knew what the next day or so involved. It said that He was, he was praying so hard to God that, that He was like bleeding drops of blood. We know this, that the, the, that the, the, the priest guards came and, and, and captured Him came in the middle of the night and they mocked him and they abused him, they spit upon him. They know we know that, that there was a mock trial that was rigged by the high priest and and, and there was false accusations and and then the high priest, they're like, oh, they, they just wanted blood. They sent him off to to Herod, and Herod just makes a mockery out of him and and he sends him back to Pilate. And it's all night long this whole charade of just trying to make up these things about this Jesus guy. and they, they just somebody make the decision. Then finally, we know that Pilate, The governor, the Roman governor, he really does not want to make the decision, but he finally relents to the crowd, the people, and he puts it out to them. Hey, will you take this Barabbas or you take this Jesus? And this Barabbas guy was a bad guy. And he said, we don't want that. We, We want Jesus. Crucify Jesus. Again, those same people that waved the palm branches at him. Crucifixion. You know, that, that's where you get the word excruciating. The word excruciating was made up. It came from the word crucifixion. You know, back in those days, the Romans actually studied, they, they studied death sentences and, and how can we have the maximum amount of pain and it be extended. Because, you know why they did this? Because they wanted to send a message to all people, don't mess with Rome or this will happen to you. And so they studied this, this form of persecution. And, what, and so Pilate, he said, fine, crucify him. And so they took him out and they, they stripped off his clothing and they had him flogged. And I'm not going to get into the details of that. But it was just a, it's a, a, a whip of nine, nine tails with metal and all kinds of things. And so that it would cut into the back and the whole purpose was to prepare the body for crucifixion. Then they took Jesus and they put, in mockery, they, they punched Him and they, they spit on Him and they, and, and they say, hey, just tell us who hit you if you're the Son of God. And they put a crown of thorns on His head. They punched Him again and, and they, they just abused Him. And then they, they forced Jesus to, to carry this, the, the, the crossbeam beam. Uh, and so heavy back then to carry it through the city streets again to send a message you don't want this to happen to you don't mess with Rome they made Jesus carry this heavy cross up onto this hill this hill this steep hill that called Golgotha the place of the skull they laid Jesus down, and they put the crossbeam together, and they, they laid Jesus down, and they took these big, heavy spikes. They didn't nail into the palm of the hand, but into the wrist of the hands, put the feet together, and nailed those feet together. And then they raised that cross up. You can just imagine that they, they didn't gently let it fall into the hole, but they let it fall with a thump and the pain. And the whole purpose for crucifixion and the way that a person would die is they would die of asphyxiation. They would slowly suffocate, and they'd have to continually try to pull themselves up, but because of what happened to them in their back, it's rubbing against all that wooden beam there. It's just excruciating. And we know when you look through scriptures, Jesus said a a couple things that are really important to us. I'm not going to get into all those things that today... But one of the things that he looked out into all the crowd, he looked out into all you people, all of us sinners out there, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And Then his final words on the cross were this, It is finished. And it was more than Jesus breathing his last breath. But all of a sudden, at that moment that he died, the entire world changed. Something happened. The message of the cross is it is finished. It is finished. The moment Jesus died, everything changed. The ransom, listen to me, the ransom for the entire world was paid once and for all. The ransom was paid. No longer was there a debt that was owed. Paul said it best. He said in Romans 5, 6, 8, and 9, he says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time, and he died for us sinners. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Hey, listen, did you catch that? Even when we're, when we're rejecting him, ignoring him, avoiding him, running him, denying him, even when we do this, Christ died for us sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. You see, it is finished. What does that mean? It is only through Jesus' work on the cross that we can be forgiven. The word forgiven means that you owe a debt, you owe a ransom, but it's been paid to be forgiven. It's, you don't owe it anymore. The debt is canceled. Not only the the forgiveness of your past, the the forgiveness of of the sin that's happening right now, but the sin that is moving in, in in the future through God's grace, you can be forgiven. But not only this, the cross is a memorial. I tell people all the time, listen to me, if you get anything out of this message today, I tell people all the time, every single time you look at a cross, you drive by a church and you see up in a steeple, you see somebody wearing a necklace. I want you to think of the word forgiven. Because that's what the cross is all about. Can I just get a side note here? There's two things that can hold you up from receiving God's forgiveness. There's two things. First of all, your unwillingness to Repent. Your unwillingness to accept what Christ did for you on the cross. And number two, you can, be, you can be here today and be a Christ follower for years, but yet your forgiveness is being held up. You know why? Because Jesus tells us, because of your unwillingness to forgive others. There's just a whole sermon series in that, but just understand that your forgiveness can be held up. Second of all, only through Christ Jesus' work on the cross, you can be justified Paul just says that we, we are made, through the cross, we are made right with God. Remember how he's talking about how our sin separates us from God and how we are just, we're stuck in our sin? But now we can be justified. God looks at you and says, yes, you are holy. You are made right. Not only this, but we can be made redeemed. To be redeemed means to take something that was broken and no good and you turn it into something that is better than before. Second Corinthians, Paul tells us this. He says, anyone, everybody say anyone, anyone. That, that, that's me. Just, just go ahead and point it yourself. He's talking about me in this verse. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone A new life has begun. That is what you call being redeemed. Through the work of the cross, you are redeemed. Not only that, but you are reconciled. This is your identity now. You are reconciled. The word reconciled means that there was a relationship that was broken. And through the work of the cross, now that relationship can come back together again. That relationship is now reconciled. Not only that but you are now, you can become saved. Your identity was changed. You were were rescued from your sin captor. You once were lost. Your eternal destiny was hell. And through Christ, we can be saved. Pulled out of the water. Pulled out of the ocean. You can be saved through Jesus Christ. All because of Christ's sacrifice for you. The cross changed everything. The message of the cross, it changes everything. The message of the cross is the good news. Paul tells us this, Romans, Romans 3.25, for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for our sins. People are made right with God when they believe. When they believe. I want to ask you today what is it that you believe about the message of the cross? Because your belief changes everything. Your belief is that drowning person, your belief is like, I don't believe you are here. Go away. Get, just to go away. I'll, I'll make it myself. I'll swim to the nearest shore. I, I don't even believe that you can help me. <laughs> or you can say, help me. You know, that's one of the most powerful prayers that you can pray to God. God, help me. God, save me. And it comes through a knowledge of what he did. That's why I spent so much time in so much scripture verse today. I, you need to understand, you need to have the knowledge of what the cross is all about. But There's a lot of people who have the knowledge of it, but if you don't have the faith of what it does for you, what do you really have? But then you have the trust that, yes, Jesus, I believe you are the only way, the truth, and the life. And I put my faith in you and I'm going to follow you. What does that mean? Today, Michelle and I are going to get on a little getaway here. and We're going out out, of state for a while. We're going to go to an airport and we're going to get into a plane and we're going to sit down into a seat and I'm going to follow that pilot. Wherever that pilot goes, that's where I'm going. And I'm probably going to take a nap because I trust that pilot. I don't, know how, I don't know how it works. I don't know how he's going to do it. I trust that pilot. And that's what Jesus is inviting you to do. Come on in. Come on in with the knowledge that you have and with your faith to believe. I invite you to come and trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Right now, we are going to move into a time of communion as we close out this message hope that you receive the communion cup if you did not receive a communion cup will you please raise your hand and our ushers would be glad to help you we have two people up here a couple people raise their hands i want you to know here at thrive church we serve an open communion that means you don't need to be a member of this church to partake but my challenge to you is that you would put your belief in jesus christ Again, I don't know where you are in your faith journey today, but my question is, have you been made right with God through belief? And I would encourage you right here, right now, if you've not done, all, done this already, that you would call out to Jesus and say, Jesus, save me. Can we just do that right now? God, just, just repeat after me. God, I need you. I recognize you as the Savior of the world. And you came and died on the cross and you paid my ransom. I don't don't even understand all that love that you've given to me, but I'm choosing today to trust and put my faith in you to be my Lord and Savior. I'm going to follow you. The bottom line of the message of the cross before we take communion bottom line. Let me, let me repeat it one more time. God loves you. Can we just even say, right, right in your breath, say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for loving me. The bottom line is you deserve the death penalty for your sin. But, everybody say but, <laughs> but God sent his son Jesus on a rescue mission to save your life. Jesus fully God fully man he embraced his mission and he took your place on the cross and he paid your ransom through Jesus work on the cross it is finished So we hold the bread we know that Jesus talked to his disciples and he said this bread is my body which is broken for you Lord we thank you we thank you that you willingly came and willingly died let's all partake together Jesus took the cup and he said, This this cup, this blood, is, this wine represents my blood which was poured out for you. This is where my life was lost and your life was gained. Hallelujah. But I, I want to remind you, Jesus is not dead. He's very much alive today. And we thank you that you have given us eternal life through your spilt blood. Let's partake together. thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just respond to him right now? Just a words of worship right now. Just maybe lift up your hands and lift up your words and say thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for the gift of, your, of the message of the cross. Thank you for what you did for me on the cross. Lord, we give you praise today. Lord, we give you honor. We thank you. This Easter message, it changes everything. We give you as I just shared, it's not over. It's not over. Next week, <laughs> it's even better news. It's not over. He's He's not dead. He is very much alive, right? He's very much alive because he's very much alive in you today. I'm excited about next week. I love the Easter season. I love the good news. This good news has changed my life. I pray that it changes your life as well. Amen. Hey, this is Sheldon Miles here, pastor at Thrive Church, and I want to thank you for watching this video. And if it impacted you in any way, I want to encourage you to do three things. First, become a part of the Thrive Church family by subscribing and following us. Make sure to join us on our Facebook page every Sunday. Second thing is share share with your friends, co-workers, and the people around you. The final thing, consider partnering with us financially. If this ministry is impacting you, I would ask you to pray about what you can give to help us take this message to the entire 715. And as always, we want you to know that you are welcome, accepted, and loved here at Thrive Church. And remember, you were created to thrive. We'll see you next week.